right, everybody, welcome back to the Comedy Castle Podcast. I am Joel Fragameni, your host for this show. This show, different than uh, some other shows I've done, two interviews for you. We've got the headliner this week at the club, Ralph Harris, and the feature act, Sal D'Amelio. So two interviews for one low, low price of nothing <laughs> just a download just a download you should listen to them both because they're good we're gonna uh well i'll get into what we all talked about in a second but let's tell you what's going on at the club in case you want to come because you're going to listen to these interviews and go i don't know how to get these tickets i don't know how to see ralph harris and sal d'amelio well let's get into that right now we've got uh uh, uh, shows with Ralph and Sal uh, all week, starting on Wednesday. Now, that is the Salvation Army Comedy for a Cause show. It starts at 6 p.m. Uh, if you would like tickets for that, you will click through. Go to ComedyCastle.com, and you can click through our site. It'll take you over to the Salvation Army site, and you can get tickets. It's a big fundraiser, so it's a little more money, but... It is raising money for the Salvation Army. That show is Wednesday at 6. Then we've got our regular uh, five shows uh, with the guys, Ralph and Sal, at uh, 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, 7.15 and 9.45 on Friday, and 7 p.m. and 9.30 on Saturday. And I'm going to tell you, if you're thinking about coming to the show on Saturday, get your tickets now because they go quickly. We have turned people away from the Saturday shows the last couple of weeks. So go on ComedyCastle.com and get those tickets. Uh, whatever night you want to come, you should get your tickets in advance. You get to pick your own seat, all that stuff. So please do that now. Do it early uh, because you don't want to be left out and you don't want to sit in the back because sometimes there is, you know, I see these people that come in. Let's say it's a couple, maybe it's three or four people and they'll come in and, uh, and I'll take them back to, you know, table 57 or wherever their, their table is. And then they turn to whoever bought tickets. I go, uh, you said these were good. And they'll be like, I thought they were good on the website. They're looking good. No, those are not good. <laughs> I mean, actually, look, Comedy Castle is intimate. The, the worst seat at the Comedy Castle is still a good seat at almost any other venue you'd go to. So with that being said, though, you can sit real close to the stage and have that intimate comedy experience that only the comedy castle can provide in Metro Detroit, but you got to get your tickets early. So please do that right now. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about, you know, th these two guys I interviewed today. So Sal D'Amelio, we're going to start. I think the interviews are just going to go from one pretty much straight into the other. I think that's the best way to do this without me having to set both of them up. Uh, Let's actually start with Ralph. He's he's the second uh, interview I'm going to play here. He's your headliner this weekend, and I think he says in this interview, Ralph's been doing comedy for 39 years. What's up with that? That is a long time, man, that he has seen the changes. If I if I was doing another interview with Ralph, I would have asked him about the changes of comedy, although he does, he does uh, uh, mention those things when he talks about how he's working the cruise ships now, something that he maybe would not have done in the past. And he's also developing a one man show. And he's a smart dude. You, you learn a lot with Ralph. And uh, he's a funny comic when he talks about his grandfather and that being uh, what he's turning into a play. I believe, based upon what he's done in the past at the Comedy Castle, he's going to end the show with that. And it's uh, it's it's uh, and, and it's at the end of the show because nothing can follow it. So uh, that's Ralph. And uh, uh, I also want to and then we'll set up Sal. So Sal is going to come first for you. That'll be the next thing you hear. And Sal is one of my oldest friends in comedy. I met Sal in 1999. Uh, we've been friends since, uh, you know, socially and uh, and on the stage, uh, we st shared the stage together, shared many a pizza together over the years, me and Sal. And what's great about having Sal on this week is it's Super Bowl week and Sal's a big football guy. I think he's probably more of a big betting football guy than he is a football guy. But uh, Sal's going to tell you who's going to win this weekend. He's got it locked in. So li I'm telling you, listen to this interview with Sal and it's free money, according to him. Not according to me, not according to Mark Ridley or the Comedy Castle or any agents thereof. Sal is guaranteeing you're going to win money if you listen to his pick. So Sal will tell you that. Uh, he'll tell you about um, 
some really a really great story about Louis Anderson. We, we share Louis Anderson stories. He's a guy we both liked a lot. Um, you know, uh, you'll hear about his dad, which I think is is really fascinating, uh, and probably a lot of people going through this. But you'll hear him up talk about his dad, and I ask him about a legendary open mic that even I didn't get to do. That's right. It was before my time. I just missed out <laughs> on some horrible show. Oh, and then the thing you're going to hear, I'll actually just end the show with this, too. I did not realize who was our MC, and normally I would have said that by now, but Sal drops it on me, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I did not realize what a great show. We always have a great show, but this weekend, it's going to be an even better show than normal. I'm telling you, get your tickets. Uh, Sal will drop the knowledge of who the MC is, and you'll hear my reaction to it. And it's fantastic. So first you're here, Sal. Then we'll go over to Ralph Harris. And then I'll be back to wrap it up with you. All right. Here's Sal. Well, good to talk to my old friend, Sal D'Amelio. And I say old, meaning I met you 24 years ago, maybe something like that. Man, a long time ago, Joel. <laughs> long time ago. Yes. Man. Well, it's nice to, you know, have somebody's number I can call that I don't have to, you know, fish out of an email or have somebody uh, have some L.A. number. Call. I'm like, I've had this number in one of, you know, seven or eight phones that I've had. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, always gets you... moved to the next phone. And when I, I hit you, text you. Yeah. I didn't oh, know sorry. if it was even yours. I'm like, how, when was the last, you know, so here it is. <laughs> I've had that number forever. I mm. think the first time you ever texted me that number, you or, or you called me on that number. You told me my my pizza was ready at that <laughs> one place down the down the down the street. I from, can't uh, imagine I would have done that. <laughs> Como's uh, Inferno. Yeah, yes, Inferno. yes, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah, I've no Sal and I go way way back to. I mean, you were doing it a little bit before me, you know. Um, so I always kind of looked up to you because you were like oh, Sal guy's been around and. You were doing it for like a year and a half or something. <laughs> yeah, basically, 97, somewhere around there. Well, that's how it is when you're starting out, though. You know, you hang out with the veterans. The guys have been around for a year and a half, you know, two years. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but, it's been a great ride, man. Yeah, and you're, you're back at the Comedy Castle this week. I know um, when I talk about Comedy Castle, I, I'm going to let you say how you kind of got started. But the club is was really instrumental in, in you even starting comedy, right? Uh, absolutely. I, uh, I, I took a comedy class there, uh, with, uh, with, with Bill Bushard, uh, the same weekend or same six weeks. And, uh, it was kind of funny. I didn't go to the first week. Bill had called me and said, Hey, I'm taking this class at Mark mm. Ridley's. Do you want to do it? And I said, I, I got something going on that week. And mm. I said, if I miss the first one, that's 10% of the classes. <laughs> so I might as well skip it. Yeah. Well, he gets out of the first one. He calls me and he goes, dude, it was so much fun. He goes, yeah. don't worry about missing one week. Just come week two. And luckily I did, because if I don't come week two and he finishes the class, I may have never done it. Oh. So it was a lot of fun. And then I did my graduation show. And then me and Bill just started going around town doing open mics. And and you just get hooked on it like it's, you know, crack yeah. cocaine. And you just want to do it all the time. So yeah. it's been, and it's been a, a fun ride. And Mark Ridley is uh it's one of the places I'll always say is where I started. That's where I yeah. went up on stage for the very first time with a live audience, you know. Yeah. It's the home club. That's one of the best says. in the country, so, man. And, you know, of course, people that don't know, Bill Bouchard now teaches the comedy class, so it's all full circle, you know, yeah. after all this time. And uh, and me doing this thing, it's, it's kind of uh, – it's strange if you think back on it, but it's also been a long time. We've all put in the hours, you know, so. Um, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you uh, tour fairly regularly. How often are you working at this point? Because I feel like you work uh, stand-up wise more than most people do nowadays. Well, right I, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm, I, I just, you know, I try to work as much as I can. I, I'll, I'll uh, uh, just there's so many different bookers out there. Yeah. You know that Joel mm -hmm. and there's yeah. people that do little one-nighters or little bar gigs, and then you get a theater gig, and then you get a. A, a, a comedy festival like I did in Traverse City okay. this weekend, yeah. and you just you just kind of you kind of just put together a schedule, and it's been great. You know, I quit my job a year before the pandemic, which okay. was the stupidest thing anybody could ever do. <laughs> but but I, I didn't know what was coming, obviously. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's been a blessing and I've, I've just been blessed to, to get a lot of work, but there is a lot of work out there. Like we just talked about maybe back in 97, yeah. there was a lot more clubs maybe, but mm-hmm. not, a, not a lot of these one nighters and these, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of changed the, I don't know. It's just changed. There's less maybe comedy clubs, at least in Michigan, mm-hmm. but there's more one nighters and there's more of that kind of stuff. Well, I think that so, there's people figuring out how to do it, like from a promotional part part of it, which is something that I teach in the advanced comedy class at the club where I'm kind of like, hey, here's how you put a show together. This can help your career. This can help you with your networking. This will, you know, you'll put money in comedians pockets so they'll turn around and put in yours. And, you know, I have people like Melissa Hager who took my class and, you know, Jason Filan Marez up in Oxford and Greg Sharp and his show and, you know, all these places. And they all kind of, you know, I've kind of that's one thing that was very important to me was to tell people how to do this yourself, because you cut out a lot of the bad actors, a lot of the the bad club owners and the guys who are trying to make like a fast buck and don't really care about it. You get people who care about it, who put on shows and then those shows end up being way better than the old crap we used to do back then, you know? Correct. And, and and if you're a comedian in in Detroit and you're, you're waiting to get booked at Mark Ridley's, let's Mm -hmm. say, and you don't want to do nothing else. Well, then you're going to work once every two years. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't work at Mark Ridley's all the time. You know what I mean? So you got to do other things, you know, you got to, you got to stay sharp. And so it's been, it's been great. It's been great. And uh, I know uh, you said your dad's with you today. Is that right? He's sitting there with you. Yeah, I moved. I moved in with uh, with my dad. Uh, oh, that's terrific. Uh, yeah, so I'm kind of taking care of him. 91 years old. I yeah, got, I got, he's all over my act now. <laughs> my God, it's, just, it's just so I'll easy to Because I see, you know, I see your Facebook and stuff, and I just see pictures of your dad cooking and in the garden, <laughs> and you're you're showing off the crops or whatever the the, the hall is uh, for that week. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, the first, the first week I moved in, I, I had something going the next morning and I didn't make my bed and I came home <laughs> and he made my bed and I go, dad, you're not making my freaking bed. You're not doing that. So now I got, I got to make sure I make my bed or else he'll well, make it. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm well, Mark Ridley's podcast. Hey, here. listen, it's, uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's ripe for look when you're a comedian everything's part of the act right every uh, everything you're doing your lifestyle I mean that's a sitcom right there Sal <laughs> now they so they might have to get a younger Sal you know I don't know if you're playing you at this point but uh, no no no, you know, no make no, a no. show out of that one <laughs> but it's it's been great it's been great and like I said it's been great for material and and uh, and then just uh, just being able to to tour and still spend a lot of time with him i'm you know it's just great yeah, you know? you're blessed man not everybody gets yeah. that opportunity you know I, yeah, absolutely i've man. lost both parents and it's it's different and i'm yeah and it changes I'm you sorry, man. no it's good it does. Yeah, it's i lost right. my mom and i lost yeah. my mom and it's just it's horrible and uh you know and it's just uh man you don't realize it till they're gone how much you miss them you know i appreciate it and and you know you always you know, every story when you get together with family starts with when well, my dad was doing this when I was a kid, yep. my mom would do this. And, you know, yep. and then you don't. And then I guess you have stories about your kids, which neither of us have. So we'll work on those. No, no. <laughs> report right. back. Report back in a couple of years on this podcast. Sal. We'll, see how, <laughs> we'll see how both of us are doing, because I've uh, oh, my, my my girlfriend's got the stopwatch out. Believe me, in the calendar, uh, you get circles well, you, on the you, calendar. <laughs> You, you got a better shot than me because I'm I'm still single unless I'm going to be like Larry King someday with, with hey. a three year old at seventy. Ne- <laughs> never say uh, never say never. It could happen. Um, so yeah, you're uh, at the Comedy Castle. I know that you've uh, you've you've done every role. You've headlined the club. You've opened the club. Yep. You've done classes. Probably yep. one of the few that's done all of that. I would say over the years. Yeah, well, you know, I used to do the open mics there all the time. I just remember doing the open mics on Tuesday and uh, in front of uh, Totally Unrehearsed Theater. You know, those are memories of mine all the time. Yeah, you know? that was that's how I got started, too. There wasn't a dedicated open mic night like there is now. On Wednesdays, we went in front of the improv troupe, which was Tuesday night. And yes. uh, there'd be like, I think, three of us. One of us would host and then there'd be two other guys. And, correct, you know, correct. you could really yep. you could really flounder at those things, you know, but it made you good. You know, if you got Absolutely. one of those shots, it was like, 
That was your week right there. That was like, oh, oh those, it was, that was Tuesday night. There'd be 300 people. Yeah, there would, yeah. Night, you know, to see totally understand. And you get that sometimes you'd get to close it out. You'd be the last mm-hmm. meeting. That was a big moment. Oh, it's great. Great it, memories, it, man. Then you'd go down the street and do another open yeah. mic at 1030 or 11. <laughs> right. Now, I remember you. I, I never did it. Tell people about, if you remember, I you, you must remember because I think it was your show. There was a show people used to tell me about, like, that it must have ended right as I got started, that you had some open mic that was considered, like, the worst one of all time. Do you know the show I'm talking about? The worst open mic of you, all time? Yeah. You prom- you, did you promote an open mic in the very in the late 90s? Yeah. We, me and Bill had a uh, place called the Timberwolf. Yes, Timberwolf the Timberwolf. Tavern. Oh, that's I used yeah. to hear stories about the Timberwolf. Yeah, it was in the basement of a little restaurant, <laughs> a restaurant bar. And we would do shows down there and I, it started, you know, people would, you know, 20, 30 people in the crowd. And then it kind of built. And I remember we did a huge show uh, the night before Thanksgiving and we packed it. There was like, man, it was just yeah. wall to wall. I, mean, I don't know what it whole held, yeah. but it was just, it was, that was our first big show where me and Bill looked at each other and we said, oh my God, <laughs> maybe we can create some shows like this. And that was, and then after that, it just kind of started to die down. Yeah. And it was tough to keep going but yeah you're right yeah i used to hear about the timberwolf people would talk about that oh the timberwolf you gotta you haven't bombed yet since you've been to the timberwolf and this and this was guys at club bar telling me that so that's how (laughs) that's the reputation we had some some headliners from the clubs in the area whether ridley's or connections they would stop by and kind of eat it sometimes (laughs) but everybody ate it there oh that's that's the worst yeah because i mean that's that's the thing sal and i doing open mics back in the day you would have not only would we go to the open mic, but sometimes you'd get the headliner to come out. And that was always nope. fun. So when I was running the club art open mic on Thursdays, we had Rich Voss show up one time and uh, yep. we had Greg Giraldo show up after Comedy Castle once, which was great. Uh, that was terrific. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember people talking about that. Yeah, it was fun. He was he was uh he was kind of not in great shape, I guess if you know what what what, what Greg's uh, issues were, or or but yeah. uh, his stand up. Well, he was first of all, he was super nice to everybody, really yep. polite. He, he goes, how you know, like I'm the host. He goes, how long you want me to do? I'm like, you're Greg Geraldo. You do whatever, do whatever the fuck yeah. you want. I wait tell you what to do. So he went up and was you know real respectful. Probably did like seven eight minutes, you know. And then he went out and had pizza with us after. That was nice. Oh, that's great. And I might have saw him. I mean, I don't know what what, he did. He did Ridley's a few times. But I think his last appearance at Ridley's, I saw him on that Thursday night. So it was so great to see him. um, But one of the best, man. One of the best to ever do it, man. And uh, who who else have you worked with over the years? I mean, you've worked with kind of a who's who. At at Ridley's or anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, well, you know, a lot of the times it was at Ridley's, but I worked with Lewis Black at Mark Ridley's. Yeah, I did too. I worked with Dave Coulier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I worked with uh, Louis Anderson up in uh, up in Traverse City. No, Louis was great. Yeah, he it was a great weekend with him, and I know he did the castle yeah. just a couple of years before he, he passed. He did the anniversary, the fortieth anniversary weekend. Yeah, which, which was Louis. really was cool. Terrific. Mark told me the story of how he kind of, kind of, kind of landed Louis for that. And it yeah. was just really cool. It was a great yeah, story. I, uh, I had never met him, and you know, I never opened for him or anything, but uh, I got to hang out with him. I drove him back to the hotel a couple nights and got to hang with him a little bit. He was cool. He here's a Louis story. We're gonna say nice things about Louis, and we should because he was a great, great guy, but. Louie, as a kid, was my mom's favorite comedian. Okay? Sure. So, and, you know, and I was like probably like in middle school when Louie kind of blew up in the middle 80s, you know, whatever sure. that was. And uh, she would go and, and they would go to, you know, whatever, Vegas and see Louie or wherever they were. And, um, you know, my mom had my mom at this. My mom died in the 90s, you know, so she's been going okay. all the time. But I saw Louie and I said, I just want to let you know, you know, you were my mom's favorite comedian when I was a kid. I she probably loved you. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that's so nice. And he was really. And then we're just driving back to the hotel. So, you know, 20 minutes goes by or whatever. And I said, Louie, what a pleasure. And he goes, oh, give me a hug. So I give him a hug. And I said, thanks, Louie. And he goes, here's a hug for Barbara. That was my mom's name. Wow. At the end of it. And it just. That's man, really it, cool. it, it hit I, me I, hard. I that was nice. Louis story, too. Yeah. Real quick. Okay. Yeah. So I worked with him at the Opera House in Traverse City. He liked my stuff, and he goes, hey, I really like your stuff and your Italian stuff and talking <laughs> right. about your Italian mom. He goes, but I think you could expand on that. Will you give me a call? And he gives me his number. Okay. 
And I'm I'm just driving home that weekend. I go, does he really want me to call him? Like, did he just say that? So I'm contemplating calling him. And it was a Sunday morning, and I'll never forget it. I dial his number, and he goes, I I know it's you, Sal. He goes, but you called me too early. It's 5 a.m. in Vegas because I called him at like 9 o'clock <laughs> yeah, in, you know, right. in Detroit time. He goes, call me in like two hours. And then I called him in two hours, and he talked to me for about 20 minutes, man. Yeah. It's great. Uh, so sweet, man. What a, what a guy. Yeah, one of the best. But yeah, I've worked with uh, just uh, uh, numerous other ones too. Uh, Mary Ellen Hooper, Kathleen Madigan. Yeah. Uh, just I've I've been blessed with some of the comics that uh, I've gotten to share. And obviously Ralph Harris. Oh, Ralph Harris, who I'm working with yeah, this weekend. Yeah. One of the first. Uh, one of the first weekends I ever got, you know, emceeing for for Mark back mm-hmm. in the day was with Ralph Harris. Right. Like in, uh, I want to say like two. 2001 or something like that. And I have a picture. I'm going to show Ralph this weekend. <laughs> okay. I have a picture of me and him, so I want to get another one. And do the, uh, I'm sure he looks better than I do. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Ralph's in good shape, man. I don't know what he's doing. I'll ask him if I talk to him for this show. I'm not sure if I am or not. But, um, yeah, you remember those early weekends. And I remember when I worked with Lewis Black, it was um, – it must have been like October, maybe early November of 2001. So 9-11 had just happened. Okay. Sure. And I was on, you know, back then at the castle, you only got, if you were the host, you got like one night. You didn't get all three nights like we do now. Right. You got one. So I got the Friday with him and, um, and everyone was like, and I remember at the time, no one was really making 9-11 jokes. Not like, you know, people do now or whatever. It was yeah. kind of a taboo subject, and he was just going. He went off on the terrorists. He went off on, you know, the radio stations banning, you know, you dropped the bomb on me and all this stuff, rock the Casbah. <laughs> and he was just on fire talking about it. Must have been half a set, and it was wow. tremendous. Got a standing ovation. And wow. Yeah. That's- yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was a time to see him for sure, you know? Sure. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it's it's uh, and it's also great to have you on this week because one of uh, your favorite I'm, I'm guessing is this one of your favorite weeks because it's Super Bowl or one of your least favorite weeks because it's Super Bowl. I'm not sure. Oh, I love it. This you is, love this it. Is like the Super Bowl to me, like I get to work at Mark Ridley's the weekend before the Super Bowl. Yeah. Are you kidding me? All right. This is this is great. I love I can't wait for Sunday. It's going to be a great game. And, I know me and you have talked a lot yeah. about football over the oh, years over the like, years yeah podcast with Corey hall yeah and, uh, i enjoyed i enjoyed those times where we would just be riffing on all the games and i well, mean we would do it earlier in the year when there was yeah a lot yeah of yeah we on. uh and and believe me i do not follow look when the lions were one in six and i watched all those games <laughs> i said to myself i said i think i'm done for the season <laughs> i said i think i'm done and my girlfriend of course she's happy as oh yeah we'll go out. i said we're one in six, whatever we're going to do this week. We went to the apple orchard or whatever. And, you know, they, I think they won or whatever it was. And then it was like, she's like, well, we're going to do stuff on Sunday again. I'm like, I don't know. Lions might be. Ba-. No, they're not good again. <laughs> You're not doing. We're going to we're going to hang out with our nephew. OK, we'll go hang out with the nephew. Oh, I, I we got to go uh, buy some furniture on this Sunday. So I, I never got back into Lions. And then like the last week of the season when they could have made the playoffs, I was like, is there any chance I get to watch the Lions this week? And she's like, well, nah, next you year, start up. doing shit with your girlfriend week one. Maybe they'll win. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry if I. No, hey, it. that's fine. No, that's, that's <laughs> believe me, I deserve it for that attitude. But I, you know, I didn't follow the NFL all that because, I, you know, when I don't follow the Lions, it's like I'm not really watching the other games sure. either. So, yeah, I'm um, fantasy football and I do oh. fantasy, and I do all that stuff every week like a, like an idiot. So, all right. Well, tell us who's. Tell us where to put our money this week, Sal. Come on, all who's right. the? What's first is, of all? What's is, the? I don't. I don't even have the line in front of me, but you would. Know, I got. Right? I got everything. Most right. people. Most people would have to pay for this information. I'm giving it to your, giving <laughs> yes. it to your listeners for free. Yeah, free money, people. Here, listen so up line, to Sal. Yeah. The line is Philadelphia minus one and a half. All the right. over under is fifty and a half. Okay. The game is in Arizona, so the weather's going to be great. Mm. I think Philadelphia has been the most consistent team. The whole year. They, yeah. they really have. I mean, they had a couple of games where they looked a little weak. I think they got blown out one week. But all in all, over 17 weeks, they've been the most consistent. I'm, I'm going to take Philadelphia to, to mm. beat Kansas City by, you know, 7 to 10 points. Oh. 
I think it's going to be a high scoring game. So you so, take the over. I would I would lean on the over, Philly but I'm and not the positive over. on the over because yeah. Philly does have a really good defense. Yeah. Well, they always, and, they they say the over is a good bet in the Super Bowl because everybody just they want to run the score up. Everybody wants to score a touchdown. Yeah, that's, that's what they true. used to I say. Mean, but it is you a know, high. It's a high number, though, too. At the same time, it, it is a high number, yeah. and you've got you've got improve, improved defenses here. You know, you, you know, three four years ago, Kansas City had a horrible defense, and they they would win like thirty four thirty one. You know, mm-hmm. now they they do have a, a little bit of a better defense as well. But I still think Philadelphia is the better team. Te- all team, but Patrick Mahomes is amazing. So you okay. never know. You know. Well, um, you know, I really don't like betting against that guy, but. Uh, I think overall, I think you know the super, people that win Super Bowls, teams that win Super Bowls are are good defensively and they're better defensively. So that's what you need. Is, is the need. defense? You really do. You really do. Defenses win championships, didn't uh, Vince Lombardi say that? <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> might as well be him. <laughs> either either he said it or Sal D'Amelio. Sal said D'Amelio, it, so. that's who said it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right. So that's got, what I'm going with. All Super right. Bowl Sunday. And watch the halftime show this year. It's, it's, uh, it's Rihanna this year. Any predictions Rihanna. for Rihanna? Like her, you know? Yeah. You like Rihanna? I do. I, okay. I, I like her music and, you know, some of her music and stuff. So that's a good one. I think the best one ever was Prince, but that's just me. Well, people that's... say Prince. I, I'll I'll throw Springsteen in there. Uh, oh, yes. My absolutely. Guy. So Bruce yeah, did absolutely. a nice. And McCartney's. And I like the classic rock guys more than. Me too. The, Me the pop too. stars, I, I, so this one yeah. I'm not that excited about. But you no. know, but last no. year everyone was shocked that you know <laughs> they they trotted out all these old rap guys, and people were like, "Oh, I, these I, guys are really old." It's like, yeah, that was the '90s that these guys came out with their, you know. I know. Were not people like body shaming Fifty Cent? Oh, or Fifty something? Cent. Fifty Cent looked like a dollar, or Fifty Cent. <laughs> fifty Cent looked like seventy-five cent. Whatever the joke is, yeah, it was yeah. something like that. And you know, Dr. Dre, and you know, they they look like they've had work done at this point. It's a couple of those yeah. guys, you know, like. Their their hair is painted on at this point, but you know it's it's yeah. They're trying. Right. I mean, look, you got to do the halftime show, of the Super Bowl. You're going to have all those eyes on you, and apparently, yeah, it's absolutely. very lucrative to do the halftime show. Oh, I bet. And I, I don't get- think it's even that they pay you. It's that people buy your music or they listen to it. Like yep. immediately when it's over, that goes up. Or if you're going on tour, that your concert tickets, like they'll do. Because I know Bruce when when he did it. It was like you saw Bruce on Sunday, and like Monday morning, the tour went on sale. Listen, you could have William Hung do the halftime <laughs> show, and his his record yeah. sales would go through the roof. Probably with, right. with one record that he had. Yeah, she bangs or whatever. She bangs. Yes. What what, what happened to him, Sal? Are <laughs> you open? Are you open it for him somewhere? In one of these one Jeff DeWaskin just did something with him. I no, swear. are you kidding? Me? Jeff. He oh, just did God. something with William Hung, like well. a. And probably probably a a tech thing, and you know, well, he does a podcast, one. Jeff. Uh, Jeff, I, I plug him a little bit here, but um, I don't know. Yeah, he's got a great he's got a great pocket. But yeah, Jeff does a good Jeff, job. But uh, ask Jeff about it. He just did all something right, William uh, last weekend. I yeah. will I will look that up, Sal. I will. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually, I'll be interviewing Jeff on this show, and it'll be like, tell us about William Hung. Well, he's you know. <laughs> He needs to he needs to hurry and interview these people. Shirley just died and I'm sure he missed out on her, so Yeah. That's yeah, kinda his show. A, yeah, he's uh I told him, don't ever interview me. I don't even want to <laughs> Well, I'm interviewing you and I, I think you're gonna, you know, your dad's ninety one, you're gonna live a long life, so come on. Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so. <laughs> so but All I look right. forward to this weekend. Yeah, man. it should be I great. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, Ralph Harris and Sal, and who's the opening act? Uh, Cam, Big Fella Rowe. Oh, forget about it. This is going to be, all right. I didn't even, because I haven't done, you know, when we do this show, if you listen to it, I'm usually doing the intro part first where I tell you who's all on the bill. Sure. Cam Rowe is unbelievable. That's oh, incredible. Oh, really I mean, what a show. The three of you, forget about it. Yeah. I Get mean, your tickets. He- this is going to be the first time the MC has to lower the mic stand <laughs> for me. That never happens. Yeah, Cam is six nine. If you haven't seen Cam, and I know, I don't. I think he's probably been on the show once. Tom interviewed him, but I think he's uh, he's actually doing a headlining weekend this summer. Uh, he so, is. He uh, is. Cam. So, so, 
So you're you're essentially getting, and you've headlined the club in the past, and you got Ralph. So you're getting three headliners this weekend. It's a great show, man. Yeah, I can't wait. It's gonna be a fun so. weekend. Yeah, it should be real fun. Uh, Sal, thanks so much for talking to me, and uh, uh, it's th- always Joel, fun. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. I know. Uh, I wanted your listeners to know. I know you recently took the Mark Ridley podcast over. Oh yes. but you've been you've been doing your own podcast for years. You were one I of have, the yes. Soul Radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. your listeners should know that you're you are the real deal. I think you recorded <laughs> your. I think you recorded your first podcast on cassette tape, <laughs> something like that. So, yeah. I think you were the guest, if that was the case. So, <laughs> so keep listening to the Mark Ridley's podcast. All That's right. what I'm trying. Hey, to say. thanks so much, Sal. This was awesome. Thank you, Joe. I'll All see right, you this buddy. weekend, buddy. All right, man. Bye-bye. Ralph, good to talk to you. Thanks for calling me. Absolutely. Joining Absolutely. me on the Comedy Castle podcast. And uh, we were talking a little bit here, but um, we start the week with a big benefit. And uh, the Salvation Army, it's one of the biggest events we do all year. And you're the headliner for that. And then it shows all through the weekend. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, well, it's not funny, but it, <laughs> it means a lot to me to do the uh, Salvation Army thing because uh, it, it was coincidental that they would call, mm-hmm. you know, because I had already had the date book. Yeah. But um, my grandfather uh, used to work for the Salvation Army. Okay. Uh, my my father's grandfather. And, and every Christmas, I just remember him always coming in with this box of, just goodies and candy and crackers and cookies that people would donate. And, uh, and then it'd be like, uh, wrapped up, you know, it's still in the mm-hmm. box toys, like brand new stuff. Yeah. And the employees got to take that stuff to the family. So, you know, it's going to be good. Cause I'm yeah. going to get on the stage tomorrow and ask for some cookies and candy <laughs> and some toys. Cause you know, there was, you know, I never got the GI Joe. I never got, no. it. I really believe they should have, uh. At least one tomorrow that they can get or something. <laughs> well, well, one of those, or one of those bells that they use at, outside of the malls at Christmas. Yeah, that'd be good something. too. I need yeah. something. <laughs> well, I think. I think there'll be some leftover buffet tomorrow night at the right. at the least at the least we could do is get you that. So we'll okay. get you that. But okay. I'll tell you that hey, they don't let anyone just play this this benefit you know it's, oh yeah it's, yeah they 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 check out who's going to be there so it's a big deal so pretty pretty significant deal i, I think sure. so yeah. yeah and then uh the weekend yeah. we gotta we gotta i was just talking uh with the, the opening act uh, earlier sal he's he could, he's a guy that's headlined the club the guy uh-huh. mc and this guy cam Rowe, you got to see this guy he's six foot nine he's unbelievable he's opening the show it's gonna be a heck of a show so anyway um Oh, so we got a, we got the circus freak week. So okay, cool. You know, like, me, me at me at five eight after somebody has been six nine been walking on and off the stage. Yeah, he's he's That's he's cool. he's, a, he's our host. He's a he's so funny though. All right, let's get into what you've been up to because I saw you. I last saw you when we were at the club a couple years ago, right? Yeah, when Mark called me for the date, you know, I'm always happy to get in because he books so far out. Um, and there's everybody and their mother, as you know, wants yes, yes. to work this club, mm-hmm. and uh, because of, because of the history of it, and and I've always had a great time here. So, you know, I'm like, I'm take the date, and Mark will give me a date like a year out. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the only person that I look at the calendar. <laughs> I'm like, well, I get to go to to the club, and mm-hmm. you know, the Comedy Castle in the year next year. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, and so. And so uh, when we got the call not long ago that the Salvation Army thing was added, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I, uh, The first thing I was thinking is I get to go into the town a little earlier mm-hmm. because I love going into that mall on Big Beaver. Uh, <laughs> at, like like the around the wintertime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's such a great mall in the, when, it's, when it's cold outside, mm-hmm. you know? I'll I'll go in there and have me some coffee, sit down and watch people. <laughs> yeah. And watch people with their kids trying to turn that big old marble ball. Yes, yeah. you know? <laughs> I know the one you're talking That's about. That's my favorite part. With the water <laughs> going under it and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know it. So um, so uh so you know, I'm I'm here, man. I'm I'm here to make these folks laugh because mm-hmm. that's you already know how it is. Yeah, well, so. I mean, we always have a good time when you're in town and uh yeah. I know you've been doing stuff. Uh, in in different venues, you were telling me about your cruise ship experience. Oh yeah, you've been doing lots of ships. Well, you know what? And it used to the cruise ship um, bookings used to have such a stigma back in the day. Yeah, because it was like 
It was known as the place where a good act goes to die or any act goes <laughs> yeah. to die. And right. the truth of the matter is, um, as you get older, you know, the, the business will always change. And, and if you stay around long enough, like I have, as a matter of fact, today is my 38th year anniversary oh. from the first time I went on well, stage. Congratulations. There's a little there's a little applause for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There you go. So so. So I say that to say, you know, if you're around long enough, you'll see the change of the in the business. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that people who have been doing it a long time tend to get in their heads about is I ain't doing social media. I mm. ain't doing this. I remember back in the in the 80s, there were guys like uh, Rich Hall mm-hmm. yeah. and, uh, you know, different comedians who literally would come into the comedy works in Philly with a copy of their album that mm. they were selling yeah. and they would come and they may only have about 20 to 25 copies, but they literally would bring an album, bro, yeah. like a, a, a disc, you know? Yeah. And then, and then, then we, then there was cassettes mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then people, you know, the, the, the so-called purists in the business would laugh yeah. at the guys who were carrying the cassettes and yeah. the albums. And, mm-hmm. and Vic Dunlop used to sell, he used <laughs> to sell these things called eyeballs, which were, like the things that you put on your eyes when you're in a suntan bed. Okay. And yeah. so, you know, like he's the seller and everybody <laughs> was like, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing yeah. that. And what I learned over the years is if you want to stay in any business, you have to acclimate to change. Mm-hmm. And, and I, once I opened myself up to that idea, which it happened for me back in the eighties, I knew I was going to be changing and transforming. And that's the fun part, Mm. the part where you challenge yourself to see if you can make that change. So for me, the cruise ship industry called me. I didn't I didn't go begging for work. Mm -hmm. They called me and they were like, hey, we like you. We want to bring you in. Right. Um, We saw your Comedy Central special. And this was back in. um, They started calling and say ninety nine. Okay. And I said no year after year. And then around (laughs) two thousand three. They were like, look, we saw your Comedy Central special. How much is it going to cost us to bring you? Mm. And that was what the agent said that Royal Caribbean was saying about me. Because when you think about it, there were so many of the other artists who they've been using. And, and, you know, not that they're phasing people out, but they want new blood. Everybody always wants new blood. And so um, I was a a new face and I had the energy and I... You know, my predecessor in, in the in the cruise world was someone like Sinbad. Yeah. So, you know, they they needed they needed that kind of energy and they needed somebody mm-hmm. they knew was going to work clean enough so that they didn't have to worry about it. Now, cruise ships allow you to do a family show and a late night right, comedy yeah. show, which is similar to a club show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I did so one of those. I, yeah, I, I was at I yeah. went on a cruise. I did. I wasn't performing. I went with my yeah. family on Royal. And went yeah. to the comedy club there. It was very nice. Yeah. Nice yeah. setup. Yeah. yeah. And and so I uh so what I was saying is I I made the adjustment and now I find myself on the cruises after the pandemic because you know the pandemic shut our business down mm-hmm. and a lot of people never came back from it. Yeah. And me, I just stayed at home and tried to figure out how to do the things that I said if I ever had time, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And so I learned how to do um, um, graphics oh. and use Adobe, Adobe Illustrator. Okay. And, you know, and, you know, we, we tend to sell merch and things like that. So I was like, well, you know, as opposed to me waiting for two and three months for someone to send me my stuff, let me just learn to do it. Yeah. And so in learning to do that, I created about two or three other streams of income along with the grants and the subsidies that I was able to mm-hmm. qualify for yeah. because I have a, a corporation and man, I was, and now those things are, are automated. And so I'm just, I'm just loving it right now, that's you know? Great. So, so, so that's, that's where I've been working and every now and then I'll get a corporate show and uh, some other stuff on land that I can do. But one of the things you don't have to worry about in the cruise industry is you ain't got to be worrying about ticket sales, yeah. you know? Yeah. They're on the ship and they're coming to see you. And it's even better if you got a great show. Yeah, right. Even better. Now, what is uh, I I know I'm sure most of these shows go well, but you must see some drunk people. There's got to be something foolish that you've seen on the cruise ship. I mean, I work I work on celebrity uh, and um, and uh, 
you know, sometimes I used to work Royal a lot. Yeah. But I'm working on what they call the grown and sexy cruise line. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know. It's grown ups, not as many kids. Yeah. And so what happens is, you know, these older people, they don't, they, they can't get drunk like that because they'll <laughs> fall, they'll fall, you know, and nobody wants broken, yeah. <laughs> nobody wants broken hips on a regular, you know. So, so I, I got lucky that I, that I have. You know, people that are are pretty mild. Mm-hmm. I mean, the worst that you the worst that you might get is like, you know, some retiree that uh, <laughs> is trying to feel her old heat, and, and she and she makes a she makes a pitch at you, and don't let her find out where your room is. Oh, okay. Now you got somebody knocking on your door, and it's like, are you kidding me right yeah. now? This that's... lady's outside. <laughs> so you... you know that's. Yeah, that's you because you walk around, right? I mean, you you oh yeah, oh, go yeah. to the well, buffet you know, and the dining room you, and the pool and well, that you stuff. You know, right? most comedians are hermits. Yeah. And so and so, I have my days where I want to be out because I do I do like people, mm-hmm. and uh, but a lot of comedians don't like people, mm-hmm. and I and I don't think it's because people. You know, I don't know. You never know. I mean, you know, we we deal with depression at different stages yeah. of our lives, and right. and comedians as great as artists as they are and as great as they are at telling their story, they're dealing with things that make them not want to be around people for whatever reason. And for me, I tend to like being around people because I'm always watching and reading and trying yeah. to figure out what I can gain from it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, yeah, I get out. I'm, I'm, I'm amongst them. <laughs> I'm drinking, I'm drinking and eating with them, you yeah. know, and, uh, and I don't do a lot of drinking anymore. because I don't want to bust my head. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> but but I do get out, yeah. That's good, out. yeah. Because I, I when I was on, I remember seeing. I guess it was the guy who was singing in the in the the big theater. Damn, uh-huh. he was sitting uh-huh. in front of a slot machine one night, and I went like, I guess, yeah. that's, I guess that's what you do. You sing, you know. He was the yeah. singer. Only I think worked one night. You know, uh-huh. I, I think the guy that was in in the big ballroom, and it was like okay, and then. He gets the rest of his week or whatever he gets to do. So, yeah. yeah, 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 and 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 that's kind of how it is for me on ships because I don't tend to work the ships that have the comedy clubs as oh, much okay, as yeah. some other guys do. Yeah, I tend to because I mean that's a lot of shows, and to me it just like unless I want to go out there and get the repetitions in, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm at the I'm at the point in the career where I kind of know how to put the funny together. Mm-hmm. without having to do 40 400 shows in a week <laughs> yeah you know and uh thank god for that but but the guys who do it tend to love it you know the ships with the comedy clubs mm-hmm. me i don't particularly like it because you get on a ship and you have no night to get your head right i yeah. mean on royal they give you the first night mm-hmm. but but there is no night just to kind of get your your thoughts yeah. together and that's i'm like i can't do that yeah cuz that's I, the whole reason i got into comedy right cuz one of the things you know I, I teach comedy class so i'm telling students and the first week lecture is all about types of shows that you could do some of them uh-huh. i don't have experience like cruise ships you know so it's really it's always interesting to talk to people who do cruise ships and corporate work and stuff that i've really haven't done much of um, and sort of learn that lifestyle. And, you know, uh, if if you want to make a solid living, but maybe not necessarily be the, the you know, the, the big star. You know, I tell people that mm-hmm. I say you can make an honest living and, and and a better living than almost anybody in the business. People may not know who you are if you're doing corporates all the time. Oh, yeah. Or if yeah. you're on the ships I mean, all the time. Yeah. If you're on the ships, bro, I knew there was a time when ships paid so well. And there was a buddy of mine who's who I knew about uh, in L.A., but he would do them. And he was he was very well known in the 80s. And, you know, and those days and his name is James Stevens, the third. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he did a song. Par- he did song parodies. OK, but James would James would make close to a million dollars a year wow. between corporate dates and cruise ship dates. Yeah. He was making a ton of money, mm-hmm. but that's when they were also paying more. Yeah. And then it changed. But but still. You know, if you hustle the year and you figure out how to get the dates and map it out, you could still have a six-figure year easy yeah. on cruise ships. And that's what most of the guys that you might not see them in the club anymore, but they're out on cruise ships mm-hmm. and they're they're tearing the place up, man. Yeah, they're tearing the place up and they're making a ton of money. 
and they don't care if they ever have to go ever <laughs> get back in the comedy club. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they don't see. Yeah, the guys that leave don't. You talk to them later, and they don't seem to miss it. They don't seem to miss driving, yeah. you know, through snow for six hours to get to a yeah, game. Yeah, and, and 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 it's, and it's very, you know, in the comedy game, there's there's loyalty, and then there's no loyalty. I mean, Mark Ridley loves comedians. Mm-hmm. Mark Ridley will be the first to say. You know, you know Mark Ridley, yeah, because of his relationship to comedians, mm-hmm. and and uh, so he's a purist. But there's a lot of clubs that are in that are uh, owned by corporate mm-hmm. giants now, and they don't have to be loyal to you because they're it's a numbers game for them. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, if you can't get the date for whatever reason, which is typically due to how many people are in the room, even if the room is packed. Wall to wall with people. But how many people paid? Yeah. Because when the club looks at that, they're going, yeah, well, you know, we got a full room, but only 30 of them paid. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's a game that comedians, you know, and and artists don't really understand because they see the packed room. But when you start to learn the business side Mm -hmm. of it, it, it would be the same as if you owned a club yourself. You wouldn't think that someone who only got 30 pages in the three or 400 seat room is a success for you. Yeah. That's not a success. And so with that being said, I mean, I don't know. I'm getting a little serious in this conversation. I guess, <laughs> it's all right. I guess hey. I'm supposed to be hey, funny. I, I mean, but, but people but, learn, uh, you know, comedians listen to this. They tell me and they listen, yeah. you know, cause I'm their teacher and they go, I listen to podcasts and I learn a lot. So that's yeah, good. All man. right. Well, let's, let's make it funny here. What else you're working on? You got anything else uh, in the oven there you can tell us about? You know, I, I, uh, actually wrote, I, I, uh, years ago I saw John Leguizamo. I'd seen Whoopi Goldberg. I'd seen, uh, Lily Tomlin all do those one person shows. And I've always done characters. I started out doing my grandfather on stage and realized from the success of it that I could just do the the people in my family, you know? And so it got so good that um, someone, when I was going through the therapy about my, (laughs) for my life, (laughs) my therapist was like, you need to put this in the show. And I was like, I don't know how that's going to happen. And a friend of mine, Marcia McKenna, she had seen my HBO special and she saw the spot where I did the, my grandfather mm-hmm. at the end of the special. So she called me on the phone. She was working with Eddie Murphy Productions at the time. And she said, you need a TV show. And I think I know how to write it. Mm-hmm. And so we worked on it. We worked on it. And then we kind of, you know, um, she got busy and I got busy. And But when I looked up, around the time I was doing last comic standing, which was Oh seven, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I want to do something bigger than this. This is, these clubs are nice. These theaters are nice, but I, I need to go another level, another notch. And so I wrote my one man show in 30 days and uh, I took it to off Broadway and everything. And uh, we had a nice run there. Uh, I took it to uh, a couple of states, uh, North Carolina, and I, I went to uh, Massachusetts with it, you know, but it was all good. And so what I did is I um, I wrote, decided to write the TV show of the backstory of the show, of okay. the plague. Yeah. And so I have an executive producer and getting ready to pursue another one in Los Angeles that I'll keep the name to myself for now. <laughs> but um, but he's a biggie. And uh, he's someone who had his own TV show and just did a, uh, uh, what, about an eight or nine year run with it. Mm-hmm. And and he's got a deal. So he's looking to possibly uh, sit and meet with us and figure out what we're going to do. And and we're going to start pitching it. And that's that's the most fun I've been having is uh, the, the one thing I realized what success really is in this business is not so much the money. Mm-hmm. The success is the fact that you could sustain living with the money you're making from it if you're managing it right. But yeah. the fact that you you can still work your ideas, mm-hmm. you can still you know move the the things that you're passionate about from from point A to 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 B to C. That you know it's that's the best part, man. I mean, you talk to any old school comic in their uh, 80s and 90s, and if you get a chance to, and they'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's the movement, it, yeah. you know, being able to get up is, or, or a new idea. Yeah. I mean, watching Don Rickles be passionate about a play that he was going to do was 
uh, it was unreal for yeah. me. I was like, you're Don Rickles. But he, <laughs> he had a role in a play, and you would have thought that he was just starting in the mm-hmm. business. Yeah. He was nervous. He was anxious. He couldn't wait. And wow. so I realized that's the greatest part about yeah. what we do. That, that would be a challenge for him, something that was yeah. a little outside of the box for him. So, well, hey, Ralph, it's great talking to you. You know, I think one thing I like to tell comedians, too, to get some perspective, and certainly you have this even more than I do, is when you stay in it, the opportunities will come eventually, and you yep. don't know what they're going to be, and you can't predict it. And you can't say, hey, in 20 years, I'll get the opportunity to do this. You know, I got to I got to open a show for Cheech and Chong about 10 years ago. And I was like, yeah, I was was watching them as a kid. How was that? Unbelievable. So things will happen. And it's still great that things are happening for you. And to have you at the club this weekend is going to be fantastic. So I'm looking forward to the venue was I bet the venue with Cheech and Chong was packed. And you were the funniest (laughs) person on the show. (laughs) We're not going to, hey, know. listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be on the show, you know, so I'm not <laughs> look at you being diplomatic. Well, listen, I, you know, you got to no. be, uh, I'm not no, firing shots. Hey, no. hey, those guys, look, I've opened, you know, I've seen people at their worst and I've seen people, you know, but I respect anybody that's had a career in this because I know no, how it this is. This is not a dig. This yeah. is not a dig on them. It, it, it goes back to my point that they were on the road because it was another thing to yeah. do that they had to go from start to finish, you know, and, uh, and Hey, people are gonna pay and they want the experience of being in the room with you. Yeah. They might not necessarily need you to be the funniest person they've ever seen in their life. Yeah. To be able to say that you got the chance to be in a room and hang out with Cheech and Chong, yeah. who you watched growing up in the seventies. Yeah. And you know, it, that's a, that's a great, a great feeling. So wow. I'm not, I'm not cheating them <laughs> at all. Trust me. Trust I think, me. I think we're safe. I don't think there's going to be a Cheech and Chong, Ralph Harris comedy feud, although it might be good for everybody's career. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but Ralph, no, I love, I love him. yeah, we're going to see you at the club this weekend and thanks for talking to me and uh, we'll catch you down the road. My man, thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate the time you gave me, man. Right, and I'll see you at the club. All right. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye. Well, I don't know what happened in the past between Ralph Harris and Cheech and Chong. <laughs> Maybe I'll get some more information from him this weekend. He threw a little bit of shade. A little bit. Just a little bit of shade at Cheech and Chong. I don't know. But uh, anyway, hey, what can I tell you? Ralph is certainly, hey, man, he's been around forever. He's super funny. He deserves the respect. If he's got a problem with Cheech and Chong, maybe I should have a problem with Cheech and Chong. I don't know. What can I tell you? But how about Sal telling you who the MC was? Of course, Cam Rowe, the big fella Cam Rowe, six foot nine. He's opening our shows this weekend. I was not aware of that when I started the interview. And uh, Cam is one of the funniest dudes around as well. So you really look, I said it to Sal. You got three headliners, pretty much. You got Ralph, who's headlining this weekend. Sal's headlined the club before. Cam's going to be our headliner over the summertime. So come on, guys. This is the week to come. All right. Well, thanks again to Ralph. Thanks again to Sal. Thanks again for all you guys for listening. Uh, been having a real good time putting these shows together. Thanks to all uh, my my friends, family, and coworkers at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Uh, we'll catch you next time, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.